0: Unloose the goose. We'll take no views. Your paradigms run out of time and we've got no use. Unloose the goose.
1: Hello, and good evening, or good day, or good morning. Whenever you're listening to or watching, Unloose the Goose. This is episode 36, and we have Sal Mayweather, Peter Quinones, Nicole Sauce, and myself, Xavier Hawk. And today, we're coming to you live from across the planet to discuss entrepreneurialism in the form of podcasting-ism. And we're going to be discussing all of the ins and outs of podcasting, how you too can start speaking your inane words all throughout the airwaves and on the interwebs, and hopefully some motherfucker's going to listen to you. So Today's episode should be uh, an interesting, interesting jaunt down the the road of podcasting. Um, number of ways to monetize it, number of ways to build it, a number of ways to do it. And it seems to be all the craze these days. In fact, if you've got a topic and or subject matter that you're even like remotely interested in doing, I've seen people start video blogs or video podcasts. Um, in in all manner of sectors, right? From everything from uh, educational series on permaculture and spin farming, like our friend Curtis Stone, or surviving and prepping in the ways of Jack Spearco in the Survival Podcast. So like I said, we're here today discussing podcasting. (laughs) Sal, how is your podcast going and how did you start it? Like, What came up for you and was like, yeah, I'm going to fucking talk about this now?
2: Um, you know, my my podcast is actually still pretty small. People think I have a big podcast. I don't. Um, I don't know. I guess the really the impetus was it was for it was just that all of the different voices in the liberty community. I wasn't really satisfied with the sort of lack of of course representation, and I was like, well, you know what? I might as well jump in. Everybody else has a podcast, so. That's why I got started. Um, it wasn't. It was really easy to get started, but my first few episodes were just like god awful. I mean, like terrible. But I guess that, that you, you can't really avoid that. I don't think. You know.
1: Yeah, it's like you have to kind of get your feet wet some some way, right? right. And Crawl
2: before you can run. Jump into the water head first.
3: Yeah. Even yeah. if you're good at public speaking, it seems like the minute you just have to speak to this emotionless mic.
2: Right. right.
3: It takes a while to get yourself amped up.
1: Yeah. Peter, how about you? How did it start for you? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds uh, like NA, right?
0: Yeah. How did it start for you? I wanted to do something, and I started writing, and I just wasn't interested in writing. So I had some recording experience, and um, yeah, I just started recording. I wanted to try and keep everything at, like, 15 minutes, and then... One thing, like, if people contact me and they're like, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, I'm like, okay, so let's say you got 15 episodes under your belt. What are you going to do after that? And that's basically the way it happened for me was I got to 15, 16 episodes. And I'm like, okay, what do I do now? And I noticed that Rayford Davis on Twitter said, if you have a podcast, let's talk. And so I just contacted him. and interviews became my thing after you know, my first 15 or 16 is like basics of volunteerism kind of thing. And uh, then I just became an interviewer after that and I'm happy with it. I don't, and now I've gotten to the point where I don't even really like to interview. I just want to have a, have a discussion with people. And I think that people are, people are into that and see where it goes and everything like that. I don't even really want to have a topic. I just really want to just start going and, um, It's working out pretty well. It's, it's worked out really well.
1: That's awesome. That brings up some questions for me that I'll leave for like round two. We'll let Nicole go and, and then I want to dive into some of the ins and outs of it all. Okay, Nicole, Nicole. how about you? She's sleeping. Is she meditating? Did she turn into Biden? She's frozen. She's frozen. Ah. Bye, Nicole. Well, hopefully she gets unfrozen. I guess in the meantime, I'll say, uh, you know, on my experience on how I got started was, oh, she dropped. Uh Uh-oh. Does that mean we stopped going live? No, it'll be good. I'm
0: the host now.
1: (laughs) You are the host. (laughs) So she'll be back. Hopefully her internet's not out. Um, so for me, baseline started actually because out of the geese, I was the only person who was not doing anything, right? Like I had this company that I've been working on and I, I, you know, have given talks all over the planet and all of these things, but I actually wasn't doing a consistent uh, public thing, you know, and I would I came up with baseline like how little work can I do with the most effect <laughs> and how, how little of my time can I put to this? Um, and, you know, because I, I research all the shit that's going on anyway. So I decided like, well, I'll just turn that into it. And instead of telling people bad news in a bad way, I'll just tell it to them in a funny way and Uh, hopefully they like it. And they have, you know, it's grown humongously, which has been cool. And I've actually been considering doing like a longer form, uh, podcast, but it, so it's curious to me. I guess the next question I had for you, Pete, it was how much prep work did you put into your first episodes versus where you're at
0: now? Basically. Like the first 15 episodes, I almost wrote them out word for word.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: There were some, as you start speaking and you're reading, you will, some things will come to you and you'll deviate a little bit. But I mean, it was like, I think the first one I did on the police, I really didn't have to research because I knew pretty much everything. I talked about some court cases. And um, the second one, I think I did it on Antifa. And I wanted to talk about the original Antifa, like Italy 1920, so that was research. You know, I had to go and look up people's names and look at, look at what, you know, what Antifa was like back then. Um, You know, and I, there was research for a bunch of them. And I've, I've done some interviews where I've actually, you know, had to read, um, like the person's book or, you know, at least get an overview of what they were talking about. But. Right, right. If you're at this point now, I'm, it's very rare that I'm, like, have questions written ahead of time. If I'm, if I'm interviewing Dr. Paul, I'll have stuff written ahe- ahead of time. Um, but because he likes a more interview kind of, um, environment, like more interview kind of thing. Um, but I, I just now it's maybe if I don't really know who the person is, I'll research them and who they are. But for the most part, I'm coming up with things off the top of my head and, um, you know, just trying to get people to, say talk and say things and get comfortable and say things they normally wouldn't. And, you know, it's not, yeah, not I, like a got, not a gotcha kind of thing, but really to get people comfortable and really get what their opinion is. Cause that's to me, digging deep and finding out what pe- where people are really at is what's important. And I think a lot of people are very reserved and they don't want to really say what they're thinking. And right. I've just gotten to the point where, I'm just blurting out what I'm thinking and, um,
1: <laughs> and that makes them more comfortable,
0: right? Yeah. Well, it makes them more comfortable. It makes, and I mean, it's increased my audience exponentially over the last year. Um, but
1: you're I'm not just, necessarily giving them what you think they want. You're giving them yourself. You're comfortable yeah. in yourself and they just like yeah. yourself.
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not giving anybody what I, I'm just whatever all the stuff before a year ago that I used to suppress and be like, okay, I need to be a good, respectable libertarian, right. and, you know, and be, be like all the, the ones that came before me. And maybe I'll even adopt a bow tie. Now that went all out the
1: window <laughs> and everything. So yeah. That's amazing. And and you have, you have a good amount of success. I don't know if many of the goose folks know, um, how, how prolific your, your work is. And, and you were mentioning before, um, before we went live, that you're getting invited to speak at all of these conventions and conferences. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, so I, I was contacted, and um, so I'm speaking at the Libertarian Party convention in Washington State next week, and um, I, I'm Dave Smith's fill-in. He couldn't make it, so it's like, okay, can you go? And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna. It's gonna be a lot different than what Dave would say. Um, right. Yeah, but um, so that's nice, and then. I was contacted about Porkfest and showing, doing a screening of, uh, the Monopoly on Violence, the documentary that I did with my, with my, and then, you know, field questions and things like that. So I'll be up there for... The better part of three or four days. And I've never been to, I've been to New Hampshire. I went to Liberty Forum. That happens in February. So you're hiding inside. So, um, this will be cool because it'll be outdoors in June and everything. And it's a, a lot bigger festival. And I think this year it's going to be friggin' huge because people just want to get the hell out. You know?
1: so. Yeah. I, I think not to take it too far off, but everything that's been going on has really Woken up a lot of people to a large degree, and also like people who would might have never considered libertarianism or agorism or even looked for any alternatives are just coming to the fore and finding folks like yourselves um, and myself and and wondering, um, you know, how do I get involved and stuff. So, it, it, when did you start getting invited to speak at things in your podcasting career, basically?
0: the first thing I was invited to speak at was Liberty forum in New Hampshire, February, 2019. So, and that would be, that would be uh, 18 18 months after I started podcasting. So like a year and a half into podcasting and they had asked me six months before. So I was a year into podcasting when, uh, when I was asked. And yeah, you know, so that was cool. You know, and I, I, go to a lot of events and,
1: uh, you, I was scheduling- before, and you were in, you were getting interviews, people to interview because of those events. Yeah. 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 And that was cool. Yeah. And so, so would you recommend for young people or young, you know, young in the podcasting game, let's say, or the video podcast or whatever, would you say, you know, go to the events in your industry, find the, the correct people to interview, um, It it sort of feels to me like the interview thing is a a good way to go.
0: I mean, it's all networking when it comes down to it. If you're going to go the interview route, like if you're going to do solo podcasts where you have to research and you're talking about one subject, I mean, I would try unless you can do it full time like a Dave Smith or something like that. I would try to stay at one episode a week. I mean, you're not, you may not even have, I mean, unless you have no job, then you can do Mm -hmm. do that. But most people coming into it have a job. And I would say that, um, keep it to one podcast a week. I made it two after a year, year and a half. And I made it three. I made it three after I started my Patreon. When I started my Patreon, I was like, okay, I'm going to do three. And, um, uh, that'll be one of the, one of the perks of doing, of having Patreon would be, you know, three episodes.
1: Bring more value and stuff. About how many listeners have you got now on a consistent basis? Nine to 10,000 an episode. Badass. That's awesome. Congrats. So Sal, uh, for you, your format is less interview and more like, these are my thoughts and this is what's going on,
2: right? Yeah. So I, I originally wanted to do like both, like interview format and like these are my thoughts kind of episodes. But um, now it's sort of devolved into, I do two different formats now where I have myself and then two guests. Come on, like two subject matter experts and be the three of us talking about something. And then I do another, um, separate sort of format where it's either myself or just me and one other person just one on one. Um, so I just had, for example, Pete and Chris from Stateless Productions on to talk about their, their upcoming documentary. And that was like sort of an example of the former. But, um, one thing I wanted to touch on is what you said, X, is about how, how doing interviews is important because, I think I got this from Tom Woods. I think he says somewhere along the line, like, try not to turn down podcast requests because it's a great way to get your voice out there. And I've really taken it to heart. Um, I've tried to like, I try to accept all of them. Obviously I can't, but I do my best. And I think that that really helps build your brand and sort of get your voice out there.
1: Right. No, that's, that's great. So yeah. when, do you, uh, th- that really makes me think about, some of the episodes we've done is unloose the goose. You know, there have been some weeks where it's like, it was only me or, you know, everybody was at a conference or at, at Jack's place. And, and I really, really enjoyed the getting to know the audience kind of, you know, it was like us geese, but not the, the standard geese. It was like the geese listeners, right? The whole gaggle. And it was really awesome. We got, I got to know a lot of, a lot of listeners and people would like, there was a line waiting to get into the Zoom and it was, it was really fun. So, so you find that like multiple person format like we do here with Unloose the Goose to be something that, that's appealing.
2: Yeah, it's not, not every, not like, not everybody's personality is going to jive. You have to pick your, uh, your, your, your you know, guests wisely. For yeah. example, I, I was just going to, uh, I, I just did a, I recorded an episode with Pete Klein and, and Jeff Dice on entrepreneurship. And Pete Klein is like, you know, the subject matter expert on this topic. Well, him and Paraboyland, but right. they have they have a strong disagreement on agorism. Pete Klein and Paraboyland. So I didn't want to have both of them on at the same time, right? Because I, otherwise, I was I knew that show would devolve into,
0: and and I oh, I, and it will. I know. <laughs> I, I would have steered it there. Just those devolve. guys, those guys have been debating that for 15 yeah. years. Oh,
2: <laughs> well, because Klein actually took up Rothbard's position and defended it. That's right, that's it, right. That's and right. Yeah. took up Konkin's position. So really the debate has been going since like the, the mid-90s. But I think Per Byron won that debate uh, hands down. But I, of course, like I said, I wanted to keep it germane to the economics of entrepreneurship. I didn't want it to devolve. So my point with saying all this is that you have to pick your guess wisely
1: yeah and or know how to to mediate and deescalate right yeah and do so in a uh in a good and diplomatic way right cuz like uh i didn't know what was going to happen when i opened up the gaggle the gaggle episode you know I, it, it was anybody in all of our telegram chats you know i had a couple fire on folks in there a couple of gaggle goose folks and and it turned out to be spectacular you know and, and it was important to let everybody speak and be heard and all of this um, so we'll get to that kind of thing. But Nicole's back. Uh, I guess we had an Internet glitch there.
3: Well, you know, I saw the, the cars on the ridge working on the Internet earlier, and then we had a whole thing just happen. So we have deployed the backup access point in the hall.
1: <laughs> nice. As a good prepper should. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's that's awesome. So welcome back. So the question was. Um, basically how did you get started and what's the format that you find most appealing and like how much work do you put into this every episode?
3: Well, I got started because I was so frustrated with my think tank day job uh, that had gone from a passion for reducing government involvement in our lives to me being the person in charge of all the administrative stuff, which makes me crazy. Right. And so I wasn't, I was, I was like, following my passion but in a role that was a really bad fit for me and I needed I'm a creative person I know you're shocked to hear that and so I I just I needed an outlet and one day I had tried blogging and just the discipline of writing all the time never happened I'd write you know 90 articles at once and then nothing for six months yeah and I I'm a verbal processor. So I I process information by talking. And if you ever see me walking through the woods, just talking to myself, like making gestures, yes, I am crazy, but that's not me showing that I'm crazy. That's me processing something and trying to figure out an answer. And so I just started recording a podcast one day and put it out there. And then I, I committed to doing it once a week. Some stuff came up in my family and I stopped for about four months and somebody said, hey, you ever going to do a podcast again? Cause I'd done seven. And so I did podcast number eight and then I made it a goal to make it to 20 and then, and assess if I still wanted to do it. And once I got to 20, I went from there. My podcasts, I would do an interview probably one every 10 episodes or so, but it's just mostly me talking about how it is to live in a homestead or a freedom idea that I'm wrestling with or how to be a prepper or, you know, ideas for ways to self-improve so that you can be successful, because if you don't fix yourself, it's hard to also be successful. Not that assholes can't be successful. They can that sometimes that's part of how they get that done. But that all kind of turned into a lifestyle podcast. I didn't know exactly that was what what it was going to be about. But I wanted to share a more feminine view of walking to freedom because a lot of guys get on And they talk about guns and defense and all of these things. And I'm more like, hey, let's grow some food and can it and take care of ourselves. So that's that's what got it started.
1: That's awesome. What is your listenership at now? And how many times a week do you go?
3: I go three times a week. I'm at about 2,500 to 3,000 an episode. And probably the last year has been the biggest growth in the podcast. So I, I was stuck at 500 for a really long time.
2: Sal, you do two a week, right? I, I do it whenever <laughs> I get a chance, man. I, right. It's once once every two weeks, sometimes it's once once a month, sometimes it's three a week.
1: That's awesome. So here we have uh, Pete, who does his three times a week, right? Oh, Sal yeah. does his whenever. And Nicole, you do yours three a week as well. But Pete started at once a week and kind of built from there. Um, I do baseline every morning, you know, uh, every weekday morning. I need the weeks week, weekends off it it just reminded me to call that um i actually did a podcast an audio only podcast in 2010 and i think i got like 30 episodes or something and i did it all i did was walk around while i was doing yard work and homesteading stuff yeah. at the farm and just jabbering about anything and everything from aliens to dimensions to like a lifestyle thing right and um and i just didn't i i was like yeah this is stupid i'm going to move on <laughs> And I, I kind of uh, I kind of templated it after, you know, uh, like Jack and the survival podcast. I was listening every day at the time and he had like this ask Jack questions podcast. And I was like, you know what? Why not just try it? But it, it like I didn't have that focus. Right. I didn't have like a specific topic. Would you would you all find that having a topic is a good idea for anybody who's starting out? Sal, you look you're about to say I, something.
2: I don't. I don't know if it's like important to have a uh, like a, a specific. I mean, yes, you, you need a topic, but you don't have to niche down too hard per episode. I think it's more important to have a topic or a niche for your podcast in general, though. You know. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I think like so Pete's podcast. He he's a lot more cerebral than I am. And that's his style on his podcast. And he does interview people. We were talking about that. I, that's about when I fell off. I think he was talking about interviewing. Um, and I think what happened has happened with Pete's cause as it's developed from starting to what it's in, what it's become now is he also figured out his specific style as he's gone. And that totally happened to me too, where I thought I was going to talk about growing beets and canning stuff. And now I'm telling people to take on their fears because fear is holding you back from being free, right? It's, it's as you, you it helps you define your core. And so if you niche down too much and you're only going to talk about reading glasses and, and only ever about reading glasses and you're stuck there, you're going to get a certain number of episodes in on reading glasses and that's it. Right. Yeah. So unless you're a reading glasses guru. Right.
1: Right. Right. Pete, have you found that you're like what Nicole was saying, like you have honed in more on a, the subjects that you want to talk about, b you know, the sort of community that you, that you, and oh, and here's a big question is, are you making this your career? Is this like paying for your life now?
0: Okay. So let's go with the first part. Um, if I'm going to talk about a subject, normally it's like I'm walking through my day, a subject hits me and I'm like, oh, okay, that, that'd be cool to talk about. Then I think about who can I talk with that about, you know. And yeah. I mean, I I know so many people, I can usually find somebody. But I'm not like I'm not scared of having random people I know on Twitter on my show, like right. Acer- like acerkist, who you know we don't know what his name is, but the dude rules on Twitter. And I'm gonna have neocon remover, who's one of the best friggin' Twitter follows on the planet. I'm I'm interviewing him this weekend, and I mean, I know what his real name is, but I'm not gonna tell anybody, you know. And um, so I'm mean, I'm just at the point where it's like I just want to talk to people I know are gonna have something interesting to say, and not the same old bullshit, friggin' libertarianism 101. I mean, we can do those episodes, but you know, I, I'd rather. Normally when I get asked to go on other people's podcasts, that's when the libertarian 101 stuff gets asked to me. And right. I don't mind if I'm on somebody else's podcast. And then sometimes I'll just release it on mine. Um, I'm probably going to be quitting my day job the Friday before Memorial Day weekend. Um, hell yeah.
1: Congratulations.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Are you allowed um, to say
3: that live on the internet? Cause you just did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, it's, it's real. In case you didn't know Peter's job. <laughs> you're on notice it's, it's gotten to the, it's gotten to the point where um, I can support myself doing it. Um I've also, I have a payment processor on my private, we, on my website now, so I don't have to go through Patreon. It gives me about a 5% raise because Patreon takes yeah. so much and everything. And, um, you know, I just have the sub stack starting a sub stack really helped a lot because.
1: Uh, tell everybody that, what Substack sub stack is.
0: So Substack is basically just like a WordPress blog, but you can monetize. So you, you start and you could actually host your podcast on, 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 uh, Substack. Most people don't know that. They do have, um, a way to, to host the podcast on there, but
1: will they remove you for censorship.
0: <laughs> I mean, Curtis Yarvin is on there and a lot of people who are considered no-no people. So I don't think so. Oh, um, right. but the, I was, it was like, all right, I don't want to write and everything. And then I was like, okay, I do want to write and I want to rant basically. <laughs> and you know, I want to rant for like four paragraphs. And so I do that like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. But I mean, I have almost a hundred paid subscribers on, on, on Substack now. That's and, great. Yeah. So it's a, it's an avenue for me to, also, what's great about it too is I have about over 1100 people subscribed. So I have an email list. So if I want to contact a whole bunch of people at once, I just make a post and it hits, you know, it hits 1100 people. And, you know, it's, it's been great and I, I people really like it. I mean, I've gotten to the point where it's like, I have about, well, I, I had over 200 supporters on Patreon. A bunch of them dropped off to go to my website to do it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now I have over, over half of the people subscribe through Substack who, um, m- about almost a hundred people and it dropped down to 180 on Patreon. So slowly but surely it's Substack, I think is safe. Um, as far as censorship goes, they are, yeah. there are people on there that, you know, but, and also I'm, I have star as well too. And that's, there's really only about 20 people on there, but, um, I have enough downloads now to sell advertising. It's just, I don't, with some of the topics I, I mean, I'm one strike away from being off YouTube. Right. -hmm. If I have one more strike, my YouTube channel is gone.
3: We have two here.
0: And it's bull. It's bull. I mean, what they accuse me of is like, look, you missed the episode where we talked about burning things down. (laughs) It's like, how did that one pass? And you get me, you hit me. They literally said that when Vin and I were talking about the time magazine article, where they said that they fortified the election, mm-hmm. that we were calling for violence. And we never, I listened to the whole thing again and was like, never said anything. Well, we, we talked about a friggin' article. Yeah. And they said we were calling for violence. So, I mean, YouTube wants me gone. And, um, so Odyssey is, Library Odyssey is where I'm at. And then somebody came in, my, our, um, Harley, the libertarian institute.org, um, webmaster came in and said, you know, you have like $800 worth of library credits on there. <laughs> wow. and, I, and I'm like, oh, okay. So send, send that over to Bitrix, turn it into Bitcoin and send it back yep. to my wallet. <laughs> yep. So
1: that that's actually a good segue. I, I, I do want to get to a little bit more of the lifestyle reasons why people are podcasting, but we're going to get into some of the more nuts and bolts stuff towards the, the latter half of this. Um, oh, and I, I did want to say in the middle of that, just so anybody who doesn't know or isn't familiar with Peter... Um, he has the strongest fucking Twitter game I know anywhere. And if, uh, if you're, if your blog is anything like what you do on Twitter, it's gotta be super entertaining. I haven't. It's, to
0: well, you know, I, am I'm, I'm permanently banned from Twitter, so I can't. You are? I, yeah. I'm, permanent,
3: so I'm permanently So am
0: I. From We're kind yeah. we best friends now? <laughs> I mean, I have, I have an I'm account. Friends. I have an account on there which has about I mean, up to about 1600 1700 followers and they all know who it is oh, but right. I, I keep it secret because there are people who will report me on there and you know totally. get get me uh kicked off of there and this is actually since my main account well I had an original account my like my 2008 account got taken out a couple years ago and then I built up my second account and I got taken out In January, then I immediately made another one and within a week I was gone because I was attacking some Zionists. And of course that's a no-no. And then, um, the one, the one I have, I was like, all right, I'm taking a break. I'm not going to go on Twitter for a while. And then someone said, Hey, I saw an old account of yours. And, um, if you remember the sign-in, you can go. And, and so I've been on that one now for a while. And Sal, do you, you know what it is, Sal? I
2: i think I found you. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's you. Yeah.
1: I'm
0: part, I'm part of the GFY crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I tried to start another Twitter account, and it just didn't. They they found it and found me and removed me. And sort of like a badge of honor now.
0: Well, so, I, my phone number on there is a burner. Is a burner phone number. There so you go. That, that's the best way to do it.
1: There <laughs> you go. Yeah. So, Sal, how have you monetized your podcast? Have you just? I mean, are you doing a paid subscription thing, or are you just using it as a means to drive sales to your product sales?
2: Um, mostly to drive sales and traffic, but I I also do a little bit of advertising. I've done like every year I, um, hook up with the folks at the Miami BTC conference and like, they'll give me like some stuff, like a little park package and something just to do like free advertisements. But most of like, it's mostly just like me getting my thoughts out. Honestly, is what my podcast is. It's really not any like significant form of money at this point. You know, it's
1: not business for you. It's more like a creative outlet.
2: Right. 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 Exactly.
1: Yeah. I'm treating baseline in that way. Like I haven't really done any, I'm, I'm not looking for sponsorship. I'm not looking for sales or anything. It was funny because the audience, them somebody in the audience took a picture, a screen capture of my show, put it on a mug and then sent it to me. Right. Yeah. And so I got this mug that has my mug on it and it's got all of these great affirmations on the back. And then like, I, I would drink it as part of the shtick. And then people are like, I want that mug. And I was like, for real? So then I went and made one and like sold a couple hundred dollars of mugs. There you, go. you know, and, and like it, it really was not my purpose was not to make money off of the show. My purpose was to inform people that Firon exists and that we're doing some cool shit. Um, It was like a, a marketing thing, you know, and I, I tend to view like my music and my art and all of those creative things as a way of saying, hey, look at me. I've got products or I've got something cool going on. So Nicole, how about you? Are you are you monetizing your podcast? And if so, how?
3: Yeah. So like you, I started my podcast not with the intention of how can I make money with my podcast, but as an outlet. And then over time, I started on Patreon, and it was a few years ago. And I can't remember who got banned off Patreon. Um, one of remember, the Liberty, huh?
1: yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't remember the person, but I remember when it was like, I was oh,
3: like screw that, man, like. These guys have just got kicked off. I've got about 20 subscribers only. And so then I, I, I'm a web developer. So I just launched a membership portal. And the reason I hadn't done it that way to begin with is it just, it took time and everybody on Patreon got a free coupon code to get their membership benefits on my website. And I drove everything there. And so I have a membership program where members get a monthly webinar that you can't get if you're not a webinar, a, a, a member. I also sell a lot of coffee and a oh, lot yeah. of coaching and website projects through the website. So those things together equal a full-time income for me.
1: That's so badass. So I think the listeners are all people who are like passionate about agorism, liberty, entrepreneurialism, and some might just not know how to, uh, you know, get started and, or what to do. And I think podcasting, if you have, you know, the personality for it and the, 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 consistency and the, and the drive, you know, it's something that you can do. I know Jack, uh, one of the, one of the gaggle here, he made his, he transitioned from a full-time job that he hated to podcasting in his car and then turning that into like a website with a membership. And he basically, you know, in a couple of years, I don't even know how many years, but I know he turned it into a very successful, uh, project. Right. And, you know, now does events and we all go to them and he helped, you know, inspire this whole gaggle. So, um, he uses a specific model. I think that you just touched on Nicole, where it's you create a membership. Do any of you guys do this? Sal or Pete, do you, do you have like a membership where people pay a yearly or monthly subscription?
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. I have that through my website. Um, it's just, it's not like I think that the way Jack has it set up is his membership allows for discounts in yes. through the, the products and everything. Yeah, I don't sure. I don't have products or anything. It's just um, you know, bonus tier kind of stuff.
1: Right, right. Nicole, do you have discount projects or products?
3: I have some discount arrangements. So if you like my coffee and you like my podcast and you buy my coffee, you should totally become a member of my podcast because you're going to get a discount on your coffee. And then I have other, like a tea provider and, and another small collection of discounts. I got that idea from Jack and it, it works for me, but not as well as the web. Like the thing people want my membership for besides supporting my podcast is those webinars and the videos and the extra, like I do guides. We, we're just putting a chicken processing guide up soon. Um, it, it, I took the idea and then learned from what people responded to Mm -hmm. to change what the member benefits are. And I think that's an important part of a membership portal, right? Is that you end up tailoring it to your audience, which is going to be different than maybe the person you heard the idea from. And the other thing I want to say is people who start a podcast with the sole focus of how am I making money? It's not bad to think, how can I make money? But if your only aim with it is is making money and you don't have a lot of investment to begin with, I I don't think that's a good motivation. I think you need to be motivated by something bigger, by something that brings value to your listeners, because the most important part of your podcast is bringing that value to your listeners and supporting them, not necessarily, how do I make a living off of this thing?
0: Well, you can immediately, you can immediately think about making money if you, if you're bringing an audience. You know, when Tom Woods was a New York Times bestselling author when he started his podcast, he had been, he was the, whenever Peter Schiff was on vacation, he was on the radio. So, I mean, he had a built in audience. So I'm sure Tom started making money from it right away. But I mean, I started with, I think my first episode on, it was only on YouTube and it had like 12, yeah, 12 listens. So, You know, I mean, I had to build it up to I didn't even start a Patreon until over a year into my podcast. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't really think about making I mean, I had thought, well, you know, it might be nice to make money off of this. But it was like one day I wasn't thinking that I was going to make any money right away. So, yeah, I mean, I've seen
3: people upset that within a month or two or six, they are not making, you know, a one hundred thousand dollars a year. Like that's the scale they're upset about. And I'm thinking it's a bigger push than that. If you can't afford um, (laughs) some pretty large scale marketing efforts as part of your podcast and some pretty high quality content development.
2: Go ahead. So back on the episode we did on entrepreneurship, we spoke a little bit about um, infopreneurship. And I I think podcasting to me is really just one aspect of infopreneurship, right? Like, you want to sort of, Nicole, like, what she really does is provide information about homesteading, right? That's, that's basically what, what the shtick is. I, I do agorism, right? That's, that's what the shtick is. So really the podcasting is just one aspect of that. But, uh, you know, blogging and, and 3D printer go burr and agorathreads, everything I do, Twitter, the affiliate marketing, it's all part of, you know, trying to be to almost like a agorist inf- infopreneurship is, that, I guess, how I would term it, you know?
1: Yeah. And then and then you kind of uh capitalize on all of the different ways that you can revenue streams through that. So that was a, a really good uh lead into this question that just came from YouTube from Buddy Lindsay. How do you break through a growth plateau? That's a good question because I'm going through that right
0: now. Easiest Go ahead. way. Go ahead, Pete. I, I see a thousand download bumps when I get on Tom Woods or Dave Smith show, you have to get on shows that are much larger than you. And that's what I did. I mean, I was, I got up to, I got up to 2000 downloads pretty quick because I decided to write a stupid little book and Scott Horton decided to, I asked Scott Horton to do the forward to it. And because he, when I had it done and it was released and he tweeted it out, Dave Smith saw it and Dave Smith was like, you want to come on my show and talk about it? Yeah. And, and just recently I was on Dave's show and I'm pretty sure recently being on Dave's show, I probably gained about 1200 downloads an episode. And that was about a month ago.
3: And it's so. helpful to, to tag off that for you to, if you're going to be on Tom Woods, think about the episodes that you have on your podcast around that time and how attractive are they to those listeners? So they get used right. to your personality and then you're more likely to keep them. So can, I, can
0: I give another, can I, can I give another hint? Yeah. Have a really, have a really good podcasting voice. <laughs> you really do. You
1: have a good one. So, all right, um, Sal, how do you break through a
2: growth plateau? Do something different. Think outside the box. Like, yep. you, usually, like, the things that you're afraid of doing, or there's a reason you're afraid of doing them, so consider which one of those, of those things could be beneficial for you. Um, you know, a lot of times we get stuck in, like, like, a routine of what's comfortable, and I think we have to sort of avoid that and be cognizant of, like, not falling into that trap.
1: I heard this there, there's some some influencer kind of thing on tiktok like i've just been all about tiktok lately it's really nuts but there the, yeah they said basically you have three kinds of content you have your your bread and butter content which is like that which you do regular, do well you don't need to think about you can just do it um then you have your out on a limb stuff that is like you you try, you know, different things and then you have stuff that you that you put a little bit of extra work in or that you think will be, you know, a little edgier or something that that's sort of like your honey one. It's like it busts you up and breaks through to uh like the, a, a greater viral sharing uh situation. So it's like I know in baseline what I do is I have my basic stuff that just happens. Right. Like I can wake up, know the news and be like, ah I'm just going to, you know, shoot from the hip here. And then I have things like I did with where I dressed up like Kylie McEnany and fielded questions from the audience or whatever. And like that, everybody loved that, you know, and that brought me a lot of uh, attention. And I know like some of the people in the administration actually watched that because of because of that. So, um, you know, what that's that's one way I would have. Nicole, how about you?
3: Well, you know, there's not a lot of other things to add from what you all already said. I would <laughs> say this controversy and pissing people off does get additional listeners, but the same thing is true. You get them for a minute. Uh, the same thing is true that with adding on to when, what Pete said about Tom Woods, Yeah. if you piss people off and bring them into a podcast that also fits with what they're interested in listening to, then they're more likely to say. So like that in, initial spike, I think you always have to have a plan to keep it. And, and some of that you won't keep, it's going to spike and then it's going to go down a little higher. Yeah, um, I think the other thing is don't get too discouraged when you're on a plateau. That consistency and good content and keeping it going is really important, even when you're at the plateau.
1: Yes, I, I made it a point to wake up every morning at 4:30 and before the kids wake up. You know, I, I'm I'm usually sitting and in my costume and speaking to the camera by 4:45 and I'm done by five. Uh, and then I'm editing from five to to, to six or six thirty usually. It takes like an hour and a half, sometimes two. And then everything goes up around seven. Um, and that way I still have have time in my day to do things and like all of the the business meetings and all of the shit that I got to do and contracts and all that. So, um, you know, I'm considering doing a full time like podcast. I'm trying to figure out the, the if I'm going to do it three days a week, once a week, every day, interviews. You know, kind of figuring out. So this this conversation is helping me in that regards too. I also would like to speak to operational security, right? Everybody touched on this a, a, a minute ago with like uh, Jordan Peterson getting kicked off of uh, um, hey, Patreon. Yeah, somebody else fucking owns that. And if they're, uh, you know, limp membered you know, lefties that hate freedom and, and, and thought, you know... Okay, now you this
3: video's re- coming off YouTube. Okay, go ahead.
1: Which which also brings... It's a good point. We got removed off of YouTube, Right. We had one of our episodes because we were talking about the, the nanobot papers. Uh, show me your papers, and because of that, we lost a we lost an episode. Um, we did put it up on Odyssey and sent the links out and all of this, but like the reach on Odyssey is not as big as YouTube. But somebody like Peter with content that people are finding informative and educational and entertaining, boom, he's got like eight hundred bucks. And like, do you want thousands of views or you do want eight hundred bucks in cryptocurrency?
0: Right? Like higher value. I've made made more off of Odyssey than I have off of YouTube monetizing videos. And I, and I hardly have any, um, that's because you're getting tipped. That's how you make, you you make the money on there. And what was funny was, um, when I went through, when Harley told me, he's like, go through, man, check it out. There was a video I did with James Corbett that had like four, over 400 credits on it. It had been tipped like over 400 credits. I was like, "What the hell, man? That was insane." Do
1: you guys do do tags? Do you use hashtags well, or you know, in in your opinion, Nicole, is it hashtags or is it getting like what Pete did and getting on bigger audiences, like or iTunes uh, organic reach?
3: I have not done as well with hashtags or search terms as I have with earned media, which is getting covered either by a newspaper or on another podcast for an interview or on a YouTube channel. That's, that's just me though. Um, I know of uh, people who have turned their key terms into a science who do pretty well with that, but I think your topic has to be one people are looking for, right? Yeah. And. And, you know, Jack's kind of a master of that. Uh, I'm better at earned media. That's what I do best is earned media. I get cool people on my show and I go on cool people's shows and that does the biggest thing. And then, of course, the the print media is it's really easy to get on print media if you make it easy for them to print your things. And that's that's and that's also a tip for when you are on a big show like Tom Woods or somebody else. Or no, I'm sorry, if you have somebody on your show, that's a bigger name. When you put your show out, you say, hey, the show went out. Here's the link. Here's a blurb you can say. You just made it super easy for them to send that out on, the, on their Twitter or whatever they have. And that's how you drive people when you have an interviewee on your show that's a big name. That's how you drive it more. Because most people will share, but they may not write something. Right. They may not write that blurb because they're in a hurry. If you give them the blurb, they'll do it.
1: That's an awesome little tidbit. Um there's a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, some of y'all may know him. Some of the listeners may know him. He's an entrepreneur, kind of... He, he hired people to follow him around with a camera, and he started doing, like, all these little micro-shows uh, in the form of entertainment, but they were educational insight, and you know, backstage access to the life of an entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur, whatever. But one of the things he suggests, which is really, really cool, I think, is um, he has this method where you do a video podcast... You turn the audio into an audio podcast. You have it transcribed and turned into a reading, you know, a a script or an article on a website. And then you have essentially like all, you, you, you maximize all of the outputs that you can with just the one event. Um, are any of you all doing that or, and if so, how?
2: That's what I do. Um, I record everything's recorded on video, and then I pull the audio from the video and turn it into a podcast sometimes i'll put the video out for patrons mm-hmm. sometimes I, I just shelve it and for when i whenever I decide to create an odyssey account um but i, I in terms of like writing and stuff I have done that i have like done interviews with people that, that's really good to do if you screw up an interview right mm-hmm. if you uh forget to record or something, whatever a million things can go wrong. Like, at least you don't have to like lose that content. You can still put it to use somehow.
1: Yes, yes. Nicole, how do you do that? Do you do, you do video as well?
3: Uh, so sometimes, and it depends on how moody I am that day, literally. So I know what I should do, but I'm going to tell you what I actually do. Mm-hmm. If I'm having a hard day, I just do the audio podcast because that I can get it done quickly. I can get it done and I can move on. I have a big event at my homestead next week, so my my listeners are only getting audio this week. However, when I record audio, I don't do a lot of editing as part. Of, I just go and mm-hmm. I say stupid stuff sometimes, and then I make fun of myself on my podcast for saying stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I don't. It, I do record live on YouTube right now. I'm probably going to move that to the Float app, F L O T E, just because of that. Big Brother problem at YouTube, and then, live on float. Huh?
1: Can you go live on float?
3: I just found in my account that I can go live on float, so I'm going to test that, and so is Unloose the Goose going nice. to test that? Nice.
1: Let's yes. do it.
3: Yes, um, but so I do the live video, and I get some comments on that, and I talk to people. I build it into the podcast in a way that a, a listener would like it. Then I grab. I'm recording the audio at the same time. And that goes into the podcast. And then my show notes are not a script, but they're fairly detailed. Usually, it's not usually just five words to remind myself. There's usually more. And Mm -hmm. then that goes up online. Um, I haven't done the transcription. I've thought about it, but I'm not so sure it's necessary. I should actually do a trial for a month and see if that bumps up my traffic to my website.
1: Okay. And Pete, your process there.
0: Yeah, I've started doing video whenever I can. You know, if I have somebody who's on who, you know, one of, one of the Twitter folk who doesn't want their face shown or something like that, then it'll just be all, all audio. But I've been uploading a lot of video lately, um, started doing it to YouTube. Now I have to do it to, um, you know, to Odyssey, to library and everything. And then I just turned that into audio as well. I mean, I get. <laughs> so much more from audio only Yeah, um, and and then transcribing. I mean, I, I, I doubt anybody wants to read. I mean, if so I have two hour podcasts sometimes. Right. It, right. You know, so, I mean, how, how many words is that going to be? You know, so, yeah. and the, really the easiest way you could do that is if you do, if you do have the ability to put it up to YouTube, the, then you can get a transcript off of YouTube. It's not going to be perfect, but you know, if you have like a 15 minute or 20 minute podcast, you want to transcribe and put out there. Right. YouTube will allow you to do it if you don't get kicked off. Right. So that, that brings up, so you don't live stream though, Pete, right? You record I do it. live stream sometimes. I, okay. I, I, I've taken more to live streaming and, um, normally when it's an event, what, you know, if something has happened and I'm like, okay, let's get, you know, let's get a take on this, but normally when I do it, I like to have people come on who, um, are going to have like the most outrageous take. So we can <laughs> something just yeah. you know, like, like Aaron from friends against government from timeline earth, do a yeah. live stream with him and you never, you have no idea what he's going to say. And, um, I yeah. think people really, people really like that about that, about, um, a live stream when they see it pop up. Cause I do it so rarely that it's, it's like, holy crap. What's he doing? Yeah. I did a live
1: stream on TikTok the other day. There was this mask burning event in Fort Lauderdale on the beach, which was, meh, you know, like I don't usually go to those kinds of things, but um, there was a specific person who, who I wanted to meet and, and he, they were there. So um, I went and I live streamed and I have live streamed before on TikTok at some very, uh, you know, contentious events, let's say. And, uh, I was not removed then I wasn't banned because I never used hashtags or anything, but it was a very controversial event and um I had a bunch of trolls on there and they all reported me and I was banned. I, I can't live stream on TikTok, And now my viewership is like totally nerfed, you know, like I can't, like I, I hit a certain amount and it just doesn't go above it. Whereas before, like I was hitting hundreds of thousands of views. And so now I'm like, Hmm, you know, it's like, I want a secure platform that I can live stream on and, you know, until Firearms ready, like it needs to be something that's operational secure. If I want to monetize it, that I can. Um, so I, I think that, you know, it, it just reminds me what a effed up time we're living in where they can just remove you. And, you know, I get the libertarian thing. Well, it's their business and you don't have to go and do business at their business. But if they're the, the biggest player on the block and give you the actual ability to monetize and make a business out of your ideas, your thoughts and your creativity, you know,
2: TikTok is, is just super leftist. They're like Reddit. They might as well just be Reddit at that point
1: <laughs> is Reddit. <laughs> I don't even know what Reddit is.
3: <laughs> I've been on Reddit, Reddit like, in a long time.
2: Uh, it's like a neoliberal hellhole.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I thought Reddit was like a, a, a very open thing
2: where all kinds of people could share. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Or is that 4chan? I think I'm, I'm even banned from the subreddit on agorism, I think. No way. <laughs> How
3: would that happen?
2: How did that happen? I don't even know, to be honest with you. I'm banned from, like, anarcho-capitalist sub. I'm banned from, like, all sorts of subreddits, so.
3: You must have said what you thought.
2: Yeah, yeah, God forbid, yeah, right?
1: Start a website, anarcho-capitalist go burr.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and just do, like, a counter-anarcho-capitalist site. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, man. So I just got a comment from Bobby Joe Wood says Reddit is hostile commie territory. Yes. Yeah. I I mean I do a show that is, you know, I think it's centrist, but evidently it's not. And so I get a I get, although you know, it was only on the live stream where I got trolls. Like I don't have any trolls. Like everybody's super nice. The platform.
2: Um, if if you go to if you do like a like if you go to a non-mask event like a mask burning event on TikTok, there is like. 20-year-old like girls with green hair waiting for you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was basically what happened. And there was some like really deplorable shit people were saying and I was really surprised. <laughs> so, in terms of nuts and bolts, let's get into the nuts and bolts part of this cuz we're coming up on the 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 half end the, the tail end of this. Um, if you were to suggest I know if Jack were here he'd say, you know, Consistency is key. If you're going to do it every day, every day's is best. Um, for somebody who's getting started, who's not really sure if they want to do this, how would you recommend them to start, Nicole? Start. Just start.
3: It's, it's such a simple answer, but start and and know a couple of things. One, if you host your audio not on your own server, it's not the end of the world, but you can set it up in ways where you're driving people to your own website anyway. But don't let that be the thing that stops you from starting. Start recording. Start producing. Come up with 10 to 20 show ideas and just do it. And don't wait for the first one to be perfect. Just record it. Get it out there. Get your friends to listen to it. Get them sharing it and see if you like it. And if you do, then you can start developing a show template for different kinds of shows that will really boost you. You can... Be on social media promoting your thing. You can start getting guests on your show to grow your show. But if you don't start, it's kind of like the, the answer to the unasked asked question is always no. If you don't start, you don't know if you love it. And if you don't love it, then you'll move on to something else, and that's fine, too.
1: Do you also use Substack to host on your own website?
3: I don't. I have my own WordPress website hosted at Liquid Web.
1: And you just upload the audio... Right. So I
3: do a hack. I use Libsyn for my, I'm that person who, who I have all copies of all my episodes backed up here and in the cloud somewhere else. And then I produce on Libsyn, but if you click on the direct link to my show, it doesn't take you to their blog. It takes you back to my website. And that's that's how I drive people to my website. What's Libsyn and how do you spell it? L I B S Y N dot com is just a podcast producing tool. Um, that it's a little, it's an affordable way to host audio. You do not want to host your audio on the same server as your website.
1: How come?
3: Because what happens with the audio when you get a lot of downloads is it overwhelms your website. If you don't build it right. And then your website goes down. So even the places, I mean, Jack has a different scale of server, right? Right. And it's not cheap. Um, so what, what I usually, what I'm going to next is putting my audio somewhere else like Amazon web servers, except for now I don't like Amazon, so it's not going there. And then I will still have my web server on Liquid Web. Is so that it off- accesses that and doesn't screw up my website.
1: Is Libsyn like Blueberry? B-L-U-B-R-R-Y? So
3: Blueberry, which is what we use on Unloose the Goose, is a plugin in WordPress that, that you tell it where your audio file is. Our audio files are on Jack's server for this. Um, Blueberry works with another hosting, and it might be Castos or somebody else, another audio hosting specialist. Mm-hmm. And you can connect those two things, but you don't have to. I don't know if it's Castos. Castos may be um, Seriously Simple Podcasting, which is another plugin you can use.
1: I use Blueberry. Love it. I actually have an audio version of uh, of Baseline. And I have like a couple hundred listeners a day and I'm, I'm like, why would they? But hey, it's, I mean, it's short, right? Like I was like, again, I, I, it's video and I'm editing it and that's specifically part of the shtick. And I wanted to take as little time as I can because it, it really is like one minute, an hour per minute. I've got it down to like a science now, but yeah. I didn't want to be spending a lot of time editing. Um, so, but I take it and I send an audio version to Blueberry and it goes up to iTunes and all these other places. Yeah, and, it'd be easy. Yeah, and you can so,
3: syndicate with that tool. It's a good syndication tool.
1: Is do you, In your opinion, is that uh, operationally secure? Meaning like you can't get censored off of Blueberry? I mean, they can remove you from like iTunes, let's say, but...
3: You can get censored off the syndications. I don't know. I'll have to look at how Blueberry works, but I would think there would be a way they could mess with your life if they really wanted to, but I don't think they would. yeah. But any any time you're using a vendor for something, they can. The the thing you want to make sure you have in place is that your hosting is set up so they can't just turn the switch off. Or in my case, they can. So I have all my audio files in case that happens and that's going to be a bad two weeks for Nicole. Right.
1: Right. Sal, Peter, do you either of you use Libsyn or Blueberry?
2: I use Libsyn. Uh, that that make it really easy. You just upload to Libsyn and they send it out to iHeartRadio Radio and uh, Player FM and all the other ones and on iTunes and stuff like that. I also post to SoundCloud because it's sort of like it's good to have it in in more than one spot. But everything I do is in the cloud, so that's that's the only way I do it right there.
1: So are Libsyn and Blueberry competitors? Are they providing the same product?
2: I don't know. Service? Blueberry is See, Libsyn's a, a podcasting host though.
3: Yeah, there's so blueberry is a plugin that will allow you to syndicate your audio file as a podcast, and you can choose where like it goes out to a network of different providers like iTunes or what like they create yeah. a feed like we had for unlisted. goods, like it goes out to a different set of providers, but then we also had to create and register the feed with different podcast right. hosts like iTunes or whatever. Uh, so. That's what they do. They have your RSS feed set up all the way you need to, so you don't need to know anything about an RSS feed other than how to copy copy a link. Right. Uh, Libsyn does that for you. They create your RSS, um, but you can also have a different RSS on your website, just to make it more confusing. And their syndication is much more robust, and they host your actual audio file. So you're paying a subscription every month for your audio files to be hosted, which is the most expensive part of having a podcast besides your own time. <laughs>
1: right, Peter, what about you? Libsyn?
0: Libsyn? Libsyn. And yeah, I have a backup that, um, if I do get taken down, I can do it on the, I can upload directly to the libertarian Institute and the, um, because those servers are private. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah, awesome. Lib, Libsyn for now is fine. Um, like Sal said, you just upload it and it gets sent everywhere. It's like, I mean, Amazon. Yeah. And so everything. why so. did we as Unleash the Goose do Blueberry instead of Libsyn?
3: Because uh, our audio files are hosted on Jack's server, which is in another country with better privacy laws.
1: Oh, and gotcha.
3: So, and it's free, right? Because he's already paying it for his podcast. Right. And, and then right. we didn't have to pay a subscription on Libsyn.
1: Oh, got it. Awesome. Yeah, cuz I uh I create the audio files, they're all on my iPhone, um and then I upload it to Blueberry from like the thing and, and then I put it to SoundCloud and the others. But I also went an extra step further and made an NFT out of each of my episodes so they can't ever be removed uh, from from history. Um yeah. Okay so that's that's the distribution and we talked a little bit about creating and how we go either from audio to video or video to audio and also you know writing and then in terms of um portals essentially everybody like Pete you said you started on Patreon and then you were like F this uh Nicole you did too and and kind of took that in your own hands and made your own site with your own uh membership correct Yes And what did I think everybody would know the benefits of that are so that you don't have it, you know, removed. And we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, monetization strategies and growth strategies. What are some, some hints and some tricks that you've learned on your own that you think would be really helpful to any of our listeners if they wanted to start a podcasting business? Hmm.
3: Because I'm not a garage band expert, which is what I use to edit mine. Uh, because I already knew how to use GarageBand for rock music. Um, I actually upload my files to a service called Alphonic A U P H O N I C. And
1: E H O
3: N I C, AUPHONIC. So it's like audiophonic. Yeah. Right. And I have set parameters to compress the audio so the loud gets less loud and the quiet gets more loud. Yeah, so that you don't have a lot of, I'm away from the mic, I'm near the mic, I'm away from the mic, I'm near okay. the mic. It, it yeah. smooths that out. Um, and that has really increased people's happiness with the quality of my audio. You can do it by editing, but for me, I get, I don't know, eight hours of free processing a month, and then I every couple of months I have to buy credits. It's totally worth the ease of use on that.
1: Does that also remove empty spaces? Because part of the editing that I do in video, right, is like I go and cut all of the the spaces in between and then just smush it together like extra exaggerated. But I I know that there are softwares that can just remove the dead space in an audio file. Is that something you use? I don't know.
3: It's it's cute. You think I have dead space and you've just heard me rattle on for this whole episode.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, like, (laughs) there are specific things that can get rid of ums, you know, or... Like that space that was just between my last word and my next word, right? Like even short little things, Um, um, right? So I I don't know if anybody, Sal, Pete, do you know of any software that does that?
2: You can pay people on Fiverr.
1: Yeah, that's true. But if you're on a schedule.
3: Jack, what does he use for his? It's um, the program he used just does that. And I can't remember the name of it. It's really old, though.
1: Maybe we'll ask him in the Goose
3: Group. Yeah, chat. like he he has something that'll just it's it, it's a smush. He'll go through and edit stuff out, and it's a smush thing that brings everything together. So he does get rid of the empty spaces.
2: Yeah, he's the podcast expert, right? Where is he? Come right. So oh.
0: yeah, it's kind I of be, um, I mean, I'm still I'm still ghetto using Audacity. So
3: I think it's Audacity that Jack might use, but that might not be true.
2: Garage so. Band.
1: For anybody who's doing video podcasting, I use LumaFusion on the iPad. Um, it's 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 kind of like there's all my baseline episodes. So it has like the if for those of you who are listening, I'm showing what it looks like on the on the screen. It has a bunch of fields and I can put in like the effects and and then I, I splice up everything. Whoops. That's gonna mess everything up. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> He just messed up his
3: things live.
1: There's (laughs) the next episode, screwed up. So I put like my logo and stuff. And that that brings me to a question. Have you guys ever heard of OBS?
0: Yeah, I I can't stand OBS. It's
1: really like uncomfortable. I cannot
0: stand OBS. Oh my God. What is it?
1: It's a broadcasting software Open broadcasting software, OBS. And it's essentially like you could actually have like a full studio setup where you have multiple cameras, switch between the cameras, but the programming inside is so non user intuitive. User interface is just super non, non intuitive. It's super difficult. It's like, why would you do it that way? Why can't, you know, but, um, it is, it makes things look really cool, right? Like if, like what we could do for unloose the goose here is if there's four of us, you know, each one of us are in a quadrant on somebody's screen on YouTube. We could make like a cool frame so that there was like a goose theme to it or whatever. Um, and then you can have like...
0: Lower thirds and things like right, that. Right. Yes, yeah, and-
1: scrolling tickers. You could do all kinds of really cool stuff. And if you take the time to actually do it, like it really ups the production quality. Um I used to stream D&D live, uh, Dungeons and Dragons and... Why am I not shocked?
3: I don't know why the Goose Crew hasn't played Dungeons and Dragons live yet, but whatever.
1: We should do that. That would be amazing. Um, we, we'd have to have drinks, and then, uh but I did that, and I created this whole framework with like the the logo and like these moving parts. And nobody watched it, of course, but it was still like you know fun to do. So. But, you know there's a whole nother level if you want to take it up a notch in in your own you know podcasting adventures um and I, and I say this too because there's actually some people in uh the Firon chat and who have joined the Unloose the Goose from the Firon chat who have been uh starting their own podcast you know and and so this might actually really be helpful for them natasha I'm talking to you
2: what's that is there like a more intuitive paid version of of o b s
1: I haven't found one, but I haven't really looked.
3: So sure. I know that we've been looking at Unloose the Goose at testing StreamYard, which is a streaming tool that allows you to stream to multiple platforms, and you can pop up tickers under people's names, and, and it has more controls. Uh, John Bush uses that, and that's what they used for the Greater Reset Conference. That's a pretty slick Program too that I'm I'm also looking at starting to do that instead of my like lame one faced YouTube live streams on my podcast.
1: Right on. Yeah, I'm 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 visualizing. Oh my God, I'm getting deja vu. What?
3: It would be really cool if we could all stream to all our YouTube channels that haven't been banned yet at one time, plus our Odyssey cool. channel. Uh,
1: that would be cool if we can stream to Odyssey. I don't know if we can live stream to Odyssey yet,
3: but I, I know they've been working available. on it. I,
1: I know, you? I don't think that's available is what he said.
3: Yeah.
1: I know DLive, but you can't stream to DLive unless you already have like an audience that's like 12,000 people or something. It might not be 12,000.
2: Right? What's that? Twitch.
1: Twitch you can live stream as to as well, but they've been, I think they started
0: removing people now. They've gotten on the censorship bandwagon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Twitch has. Yeah. Cause I think Twitch is owned by Amazon. Is it? Yeah.
3: Was back to Amazon.
2: So where are the choices then for live streaming then?
3: Well, float app has it now and I haven't seen if that has a time limit or how that works. So I'll be playing with that one. And I know Odyssey has beta tested theirs. So their intention is to have live streaming. Hmm. And we'll be, I'm sure we'll jump ship as soon as we have a viable alternative here.
2: Yeah. We're going to need it to keep up the censorship, especially with the way X goes on.
1: (laughs) Sorry. Everybody's talking about D and D in the YouTube live stream chat now. And I'm all like, Oh, let's talk about D &D." Uh, (laughs) and (laughs) D. They all want us to play by the way. Um, And and then there's Discord, right? You can, you can go live on Discord, but it's more of a discussion. And same with Telegram. Like I've actually been using the voice chat feature in there Mm -hmm. pretty successfully and just having roundtable discussions. And I think that goes back to Pete, what you were talking about and Sal, you, you guys have these, uh, discussions, right? And we've had that on Unloose the Goose. So if you're wondering, you know, like what can you do? What's your, what's your passion? What's your, uh, your, your shtick or your, your niche? Um, and like, like Peter says, like Peter says, you know, the discussions, like for me, that really works well because you don't have to put a lot of time doing research and or, you know, notes or any of that sort of stuff. Um, I know for me, like it's really about time and really making most efficient use of my time and putting out a creative and good product that people find entertaining and educational, um, Let's see we're we're, we've got 15 minutes left and I want to give everybody an opportunity a to plug their podcast, uh, B to give us, you know, Oh, I didn't get through Sal and Peter, your, your, your hints and and secret tricks.
0: You want to go? Okay. Um, be yourself. I mean, I think that my podcast would have grown a lot more if I had, Just decided to be myself in the first three years and in the last year, I've just decided to let everybody see who I am and people. I mean, I've doubled my audience in the last 12 months. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that as soon as this COVID madness started, I was not scared to talk about it. I was going to talk about it and I talked about it with people like Vin and you know, we had a different take on it. I mean, we're taking, we're talking about. we're doing spiritual takes on it or other people are scared to do that because there are so many friggin' um, atheist libertarians and I don't really care about them. I mean, Mm -hmm. they can, I I, I do care about them. I love them, but if, and but I like the ones that are, you know, like, well, live and let live. The ones that are, like, hyper attack people on Facebook, yeah, those people just get blocked automatically, I think, and they seem like ops to me. I mean, why would you want want to, why would you want to 80% of the population when 90% of the population are theists. So you're just going to, you're going to say fuck you to them. Um, just be yourself and have interesting conversations. Don't be scared to talk about stuff that, you know, you might not want to talk about. Don't be scared to have people on who, You know, in the last year, I started having people on who, I mean, I had Paul Gottfried on before. And of course, he's a no-no person to a lot of people. But you know, I've had like Curtis Yarvin on a couple of times in the last year and people have complained. Ryan Dawson, people have complained. Try to get me fired from Libertarian Institute because I had Ryan Dawson and Curtis Yarvin on in the same week. And um that just makes me want to it was like when when they did that I was like I reached out to Scott and I was like, Hey, can you get me Pat Buchanan's number? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm a you're, yeah you're you're just gonna you're just gonna make me you're gonna make me get somebody on there who's just gonna at, drive you crazy because yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can't I'm not the kind of per I don't do well when people are like, Well, you know, you 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 really shouldn't do this. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I yeah. think I'm gonna double I think I'm gonna double down on this. But yeah. um uh,
1: yeah, so authenticity, don't. people really dig that, whether it's, whether it's, you know, being uh, anti-authoritarian or whatever, be you, be fully you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I would say, I would say exactly everything Peter said, I would echo all of that. And the, the only other, other thing I would add is to try to, like, remain like a consistent source of whatever information you're providing. Try to, like, provide that in a consistent way. So... You know, wouldn't it make sense for Nicole's audience? Imagine if, like, you know, all of a sudden one day she decides to talk, she, you know, hey, we're going to discuss being an astronaut or something. Come, completely unrelated. Like, I would listen. I yeah. know, so would I. But <laughs> I, know, I can't think of a, a better example. But, like, my point here is, like, Jack does survival. Like, if he just all of a sudden switched niches, his audience would sort of be lost. So, yeah. tulips. You, you, you can be flexible, but you can't be too, too flexible.
1: Yeah. And I would, I would echo everything everybody said and I would add, uh, you know, consistency, consistency, consistency. Whether it's you're going to do three episodes a week, do them on the same time, same day, same bat channel, all of it. Um, I think the reason why baseline has taken off so huge is because I just, I'm always there and people like, you know, short, quick. Oh, they got it and it's funny and they, and they've laughed. And that was, that was my goal is like during the times of all of this crazy stuff, like we need to laugh. And we need to laugh at the crazy stuff, or else it's going to be dark, you know?
2: Just to drive that point home, I think, like, the one reason why my podcast has remained relatively small, like, I don't know, I've been doing this for, like, a while, and I only have, like, I don't know, maybe for a good episode, I'll get, like, three or four, probably, like, 4,000 downloads for, like, a good episode. But if I was more consistent, like, then I think that number would be higher, but it's not. I'm not. Like, I, I put out an episode whenever I feel like it. But to me, it's not worth it. Like there isn't that right in there to, to like do it every day. I'm not as prolific as like Tom Woods or Jack or something, you know? Yeah. I am
1: considering a daily weekday thing, but like I don't want to edit video, you know, I want to do it live and I want to just put it up like as quickly as we do, you know, Unloose the Goose like this. Um, I could do this kind of a thing, but I, I, I have to figure out the timing and how many days and stuff.
2: Totally. Uh, and I
1: would really Go ahead.
2: No, it's just a lot of work. I don't know, I don't know how, like, you know, everybody does it so, so prolifically.
3: Yeah, I think you get efficient over time. At first, it takes a lot of time to do an episode and then you start getting into your groove. So I can knock out a thought of the walk, which is just a 15 minute episode in an hour. Yeah. And that used to take me half a day.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: I mean, the hardest thing for me is comms being able to, like, consistently keep up with emails and writing people and trying to get people how do you do it Pete? how do you get people on and fill up like jack has i guess an application process and that helps right, do you have right. that
0: no i just contact people i, mean, I just you know <laughs> reach out i have i have so many people's phone numbers that um even if i don't know how to contact somebody i'll just reach out to somebody i know who knows that person and say can you make an introduction and everything right. like that yeah. so i mean, really that's just just networking and having people speak up um speak on my behalf and everything. I wish I would have got the Pat Buchanan interview, but um, Pat at that time wasn't doing interviews. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, if I start a longer form interview process, would all of you come on my episodes? Of course. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Awesome. So with that last thoughts and uh, well wishes, Nicole, we'll start with you.
3: I my my only thought oh, is...
1: and your podcast and where everybody can find it in your website. Oh, yeah.
3: Okay. I have a podcast. It's called Living Free in Tennessee. It is about my journey to living the life I choose, which is on a homestead, growing a lot of our own food, um, screw what the normal people want. I'm going to live how I'm happy, and I'm happy out here all by myself without a lot of noise and pollution and... Uh, And we we have a really fun life here. We have fun. So that's livingfreeintennessee.com. I just want to encourage people who want to start a podcast to get started. Don't measure yourself against people who've been podcasting for 12 years and have 250,000 downloads. Just start and measure yourself against, am I bringing value to the people that I serve with my podcast? Am I having fun? And can I leave this thing behind in the world long term to make it a better place?
1: Yes. And, and, and you're also educate, you're giving educational stuff on homesteading and, and all kinds of tips and tricks, right? Oh yeah. So, but something you said made me think it's like you're also telling a story. Like the whole time. That's so, that's so awesome.
3: Yeah, and um, I help right. people start their little businesses.
1: Yeah, the consulting and stuff too. That's great. I know John was doing that. He was doing like crypto consulting. Um, we're going to have another episode soon on crypto folks. I know everything's tearing out and like just going to the moon, but, uh, but we, we, uh, we took a round robin and sort of like, um, topic roulette today. So Sal, what about your website, your podcast? Where can people find you?
2: Yeah. So well, first, like, I guess the one final thought I want to leave out, uh, out there is that, it's a lot of work. It really is a lot of work. I want to stress that to people. Uh, you know, it's like you said, you have to book the interviews and you have to conduct the interview and then you have to edit the podcast and you have to make a show notes page and you have to get it out on Libsyn or Blueberry or something like that. And then people are going to contact you and you, it's just, it's a lot of work that goes into it. So really only do it if you think that you have something to provide value to others with, like, if you're just gonna be out there BSing to the people, then don't do it. It's just there's a million podcasts and it's not gonna work out. You know, think to yourself like what are you an expert in? What are you a subject matter expert in? And and niche down. Um so that other than that, um you can find me at salvagoras.com. You can follow me on um all of your different social media platforms, and of course three printer go burr. We're gonna have a major sale on the V two starting Friday in where we sell clothing and household item for, of everything is of course available for cryptocurrency. We prefer it. Um, so yeah. Very awesome. Thanks, Peter.
0: Um, free man beyond the wall podcast. Um, my sub stack is actually called by any memes necessary. I I sort of really like Malcolm X. And, uh, so I had to steal that and, uh, change, change means to memes. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, what, what else did you want? you want to some, say something about what?
2: Final I'm, thoughts and... and, and oh, you.
0: yeah. I mean, podcasting is fun. It, it really is. And one thing that I learned right away is you're very... If you invite somebody, you're very rarely going to get a no. Most people are really willing to talk and really... Um, they want to talk. So... You know, just jump into it. Even if it's, you know, you start out with just yourself, you start out with, you know, a couple friends, you invite a couple, pe- you know, you invite a couple people on. I mean, like Scott Horton will, will not say no to anybody really. I mean, you have to be, you know, you'd have to be vile, putting out vile content for him to say no. So mm-hmm. somebody like him immediately, you're going to get, you know, when I have Scott on, it's like, Five figure downloads because people want to hear what he has to say. So you can go in that direction. And, um, but really it's have a long term plan. I think it, I don't know who said it. It's probably apocryphal by now, but most people don't get past like the seventh episode. So if you have like 15 or 20 planned out and then you know what you're just know what your long term plan is in podcasting. Cause, um, a lot of podcasts start and a lot of podcasts disappear and you know, I've, I have people who start podcasts and then I go and search the name of the podcast and the podcaster and I'll see like five or six different podcasts that were that name, exact name, but never made it to like episode five. So right. it really lets you know that, um, if you're, if you're not going in with a plan it's, you're probably going to fail. And now I sound like what a friggin. Motivational speaker.
3: (laughs) You are. You are.
0: (laughs)
1: You're a motivational Twitter. -er. Uh,
3: (laughs) Sometimes the motivation is very, you know, direct.
1: (laughs) Abrupt. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, guys. My name is Xavier Hawk. I do a hilarious daily news under 140 seconds, hardly ever anymore, um, on on, on every platform that I'm still allowed on, except for Twitter. Um, you can find me at, at Xavier Hawk. Uh, my company's Firon. I do a lot on Telegram, t.me slash Phyron, and um, Phyron.com, as John likes to say. And so, uh, thank you so very much for being here with us and sharing this goose adventure, uh, where we kind of stick it to the man and tell him to F off and leave us alone. And figure out great and creative ways to do that. So I hope that you get some value from the the podcasting episode on how to do it. Some give you some uh, hardcore like nuts and bolts stuff. Everything from Lipsyn, Blueberry, OBS, Euphonic, and Streamyard, and and some of the different ways to structure a podcasting business. Uh, how to get interviewees and interviewers and in different formats. So Peter, thanks. Sal, thank you. Nicole, thank you very much. You guys have a Unloose the
0: goose We'll take no abuse Your paradise